conversations that speak to every color of who you are. This is Jen Tringale, and you're listening to the Jen Tringale Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jen Tringale. I am delighted that you are joining the podcast this month, and I hope that you have been enjoying the summer. Here in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, it has been record-breaking heat, which has definitely put a damper on some outdoor events, but I have been determined, and I've been talking about it on this podcast, to enjoy the summer this year. I've let so many summers get by me, and so far... I can report so good. I think one of the things that I am discovering is that part of enjoying the summer for me is stopping and taking delight in just really simple things. And that there's a pause and a refreshing and a rest in that. Just little things like making myself just find time to read a good book just because it's a good book. Listening to music and getting with friends I haven't seen in a while, lingering a little longer, staying up late. There's just something about the small delights in life that the summer, I think, is meant to make room for. So wherever you are listening from, I hope that you are doing that. And if not, maybe, just maybe, carve out some time soon. One of the ways that that has recently happened for me is something that my family does every year. Somehow, some way, even though we are a large, big Italian family, we still attempt a week of group family vacation. (laughs) Now, I can just say with seven little ones and counting in our tribe, it is anything but a vacation, but enjoyable nonetheless. I love getting to be an Aunt Jen to my nieces and nephews, and I have titled myself as the fun aunt. So every year, it's up to me to live up to it. This year, that looked like ordering a bunch of stuff on Amazon and creating what we tried to call baseball slip and slide. I was going off of a YouTube video. It looked pretty easy. It was absolute chaos. Never happened. We essentially wound up piecing together garbage bags, spraying them down with Dawn soap and putting a hose on it. And of course, kids being kids, they loved it maybe even more than if baseball slip and slide had actually worked. But what I loved was just the little moments of conversation with these kids as they're growing up. One afternoon, I was sitting under a tree convincing my little niece, Gracie, to eat that peanut butter and jelly sandwich so she could get back in the water. She finally agreed to do it as long as Aunt Jen sat with her. So I'm sitting next to her, and she's just shoving that peanut butter and jelly sandwich in her mouth, just staring off, lost in thought. All of a sudden, she turned to me, and she said, Aunt Jen... Is it true that when I'm really old, then I'm going to go to heaven? (laughs) And I said, yes, Gracie, once you're really, really old lady, then you're going to go to heaven. She thought a minute. She said, and you're going to be in heaven too, right? I said, yes, when I'm a really, really old lady, then I'm going to go to heaven too. She said, and we're going to have so much fun there. 
I said, oh, we are going to have so much fun there. Immediately she goes, and I won't have to go to school anymore. And you and I will never have to be apart again. She had this huge smile on her face and oh my gosh, it just melted me that this girl's idea of heaven was that her and her Aunt Jen would never have to be apart. Literally, deep down, I was thinking, anything she ever wants, I'm totally buying it for her. (laughs) But it's just little moments like that that, you know, you just can't put a dollar amount on. And again, somehow, summer just seems to make the way for those. Well, I want to share something with you that God has been just marinating in my heart. I've just been sitting with it. I think that's why I use the word marinate because that's how it feels. It feels like it's slowly coming together and getting stronger and stronger in me. And because of that, it's what I would like to share with you and hopefully it will do the same thing with you. Maybe even just add to some things that are already sort of just steeping and marinating in your own heart. Comes out of the book of Isaiah in chapter 54. And I'm going to use this to describe what I feel like God's saying and the picture that he's painting on the inside of me and I think so many of us. It starts out in verse 1, and I'm going to read through verse 4. The prophet Isaiah writes and he says, Sing, O barren, you that did not bear, and break forth into singing and cry aloud those that did not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen the cords. Strengthen the stakes. For you will break forth on the right hand and on the left, and your seed will inherit and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. This portion of scripture paints such a dichotomy, and I want to just kind of walk you through why I feel like it's so striking. Throughout this, he starts out and he describes this woman who is barren. She's never been able to conceive. And it goes on to tell this barren woman who has never been able to conceive to sing. Such a strange thing to tell a woman that would be that distraught, probably be struggling with that amount of hopelessness, to tell her to do that, to sing. Then it it says to the woman who did not travail with child to cry aloud, which means to rejoice. So this is painting the picture of a woman who had conceived, but she never gave birth to the child. So essentially, she lost her child. So she had the potential for something, the hope of something. She lost this child, and the, the directive is to rejoice. What? I mean... This is just a dichotomy because this is the opposite of what anybody would feel like doing that was in this situation. So there's a loss of life. There's no ability for growth. And it goes on in verse 2 to the same individual that the prophet is explaining, the one that couldn't conceive, the one that lost the child. Now he says... 
And by the way, it's time to add on to your house. Enlarge your house. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth. It's time to add the addition. It's time to get a bigger house. It's time to add more rooms. This is just making no sense whatsoever. Then in the end, he describes this city, and it's a desolate city. It's a city that's been abandoned. Essentially, you know, the economy has just tanked. The businesses have shut down. The prices on the houses have just dropped. You know, everything is just in disarray. And he describes the city And he says, this city is going to be filled up. It's going to be thriving again. It's going to be vibrant again. The town isn't going to be abandoned anymore. And he says, in this city, it's going to break forth on the right hand and on the left. More people are going to come, and it's going to be inhabited again. It's just making no sense whatsoever. It's like all these scenarios The word is the opposite of what anybody would do in these situations. This is what I want to say to you. I believe that we are living in a time right now where the Lord will ask us and is asking us. Some of you have maybe lived in seasons like this before. Maybe it's true of you right now. But it's when the Lord will ask you to believe things that you do not understand. And he asks us to believe them anyway. To a barren woman that's not conceiving. Things are not happening. It's just not happening. He says, I I know, I see that. I'm telling you to sing. To the woman that lost her child, he's saying, rejoice. When things aren't coming together, he's saying, make a move add on, get a bigger place. He's giving us directives. And I have been there at different times throughout my life and my relationship with the Lord, even in what he has called me to do, where God has asked me to believe things that made absolutely no sense to me. And he says, but would you believe them anyway? I understand that historically things have not worked out. They've not gone well. I understand that right now it's not looking like it's coming together. Maybe when you take the pulse of things around you, you go, there's not even a chance. There's not even an avenue, a way for this to be happening. The people around me aren't even capable. What I feel like is in me, I'm not capable, whatever the scenario is. And God is saying, I I see what you see but I'm asking you to consider me. Consider my promise. Consider that my word has never failed. And I'm asking you to believe anyway. I feel in my heart that God is taking us back to this call to live in a greater way out of our divine relationship with him. And that in doing so, living in a world With so many limitations, he's reminding us that the invitation to live out of relationship with him is to believe things beyond the limitations that we see, that we hear, and that we feel, and to believe him anyway. But this invitation to believe him anyway is not the be-all, end-all. It's not that we just believe and then sit back and fold our arms and go, okay, God, have at it. I mean, let's just see. 
The truth is just believing anyway isn't enough. It's just really the starting point. He asks us to believe him anyway so that then he can move us forward and begin out of that relationship to give us some things to speak. The invitation to believe anyway and to speak anyway is to pick up the words of heaven and to declare them or say them about ourselves. And inevitably, he'll give us things to do. I've just been rehearsing to myself, you know, just times driving down the street in the car or when I'm sitting on a plane, getting up in the morning over coffee. I've been rehearsing to myself the times when I've been at a spot where I did not understand what came next. I didn't know how to get there or I needed something. I wasn't making it happen and thought about the times that God has invited me. And notice that it's an invitation. He always ushers in an invitation to us. Too many times, you know, we see people that call themselves Christians, and they're spending a lot of time just condemning people and pointing things out. And, oh, social media is such a terrible, twisted platform for that, unfortunately. But there's so much finger-pointing, and it's as if Christians have come to believe that that's what it means, what they're called to do. But when Jesus walked the earth, he never came to impose a new way of living. He came to invite people into and by influence bring them into a better way of living. That's the character of our God. These things I've been rehearsing were when I was stepping into a greater degree of full-time ministry and I had been on staff at a church and I was going to be traveling and I really needed a new vehicle. I wasn't flying then like I am now and So just quitting my job and launching a new ministry, which is a lot like launching a new business, it definitely wasn't the time to buy a new vehicle. And frankly, I just didn't have it. And I had just been trusting God going, okay, God, you see, I I really need a new car. And I remember one morning I was just putting my makeup on, which I don't know why, but so many times when I have been going, God, what do I do? What do I do? His invitation to do something anyway has come to me while I've been putting my makeup on in the morning. (laughs) So I'm putting my makeup on and the Lord just still small voice just speaks to me. And what I felt like he was telling me was if you will give an offering of $50 and immediately there was this ministry that I knew of And I'll tell you, it was a ministry. They do so much to help so many people, but I had never given to it before. I knew of them. In fact, I'd met them. I knew the track record, but I had never given money to them before. And so it was just sort of out of nowhere to me. But what came to my heart was, if you'll give $50 to this specific ministry, he said, that's what I'm asking you to do. And he said, I'll take that that seed that you sow, and I will do something with that seed, and I will make a way for you to get this vehicle that you need. Well, I knew that was a principle in the Word of God, seed, time, and harvest. And I believed in giving and sowing and reaping. And I was standing there, and I remember just in my own self just thinking, really, that's it? I mean, could it really be 
that easy. But you see, the invitation is His, and I want to speak this to you right now, just listening to this podcast. You know, I don't know what things you just been trying to make happen and they're not happening, but the invitation is His, and the details in that invitation are His. Living a life of faith, living a life out of relationship with God rarely makes sense anyway. I just have thought about the times that I've spent time wrestling with the invitations God was giving me. I've wrestled with the, could it be that easy? I've wrestled with the not knowing. And if I would just remember that he's the other part of this equation, that he's got a million ways for doing things for me that I would never think of happening those ways in a hundred years, then I would bypass the, could it be that easy. I would bypass the, can I really believe him when I don't understand? Because I would remember how truly limited my understanding is in comparison with his. And so long story short, with that particular situation, I got online and I got my check card out. I put in the info. I just put my hand on the computer screen and just said, God, I'm just doing this in obedience to what I believe you led me to do And Lord, I just thank you again for this vehicle that I need. I want you all to know that in three months, I was driving a debt-free vehicle. It was beautiful. It was a hybrid Toyota Camry, beautiful leather seats. I mean, just absolutely stunning to me. And there was no way that that was going to happen you know, at that time, just stepping out and launching a new ministry in a business. But I watched God prove what I'm talking to you about today, that the Lord will ask you to believe things, say things, and do things you do not understand. And he says, I know you don't understand, but would you believe me anyway? Would you do it anyway? I could tell you so many stories as they're fresh because I've been rehearsing them And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. Rehearse in your life the times and the places when you've been where you do not understand, but you have believed anyway. You've spoken specific things anyway. You've done things that you felt he was leading you to do anyway. And the Lord brought it to pass. It will embolden you for the time you and I are living in right now because I can tell you that's exactly what it's been doing for me. In the next part of that verse, the prophet Isaiah says, Stretch forth the curtains of your habitation, spare not, and lengthen the cords. Spare not's interesting. The opposite of spare not is to be generous. This isn't the time to act sparingly. This isn't the time to believe sparingly or to talk sparingly and go, well, I'm going to do this a few times and see. He's saying, live out of this relationship with me generously. You know, there's other ways that we can be generous other than with our finances. What about being generous in our vision or dreaming? What about being generous in our faith? What about being generous in our words, in our love, and in our kindness? I always remember my grandparents when I think about this because my brothers and I grew up with amazing grandparents on our mother and father's side. 
but they were amazing in different ways. My mom's parents, my grandmother that I've talked about so much, her and my grandfather lived in Kentucky. They were kind of more of the Southern culture and they were so generous with us as kids in every way they could be. They didn't necessarily have a lot of money, but they were so generous with their words. I mean, if we did one little thing, there wasn't a time I don't remember our grandparents just being like, you're the most amazing child that's ever done that in the history of the world. You know, they were just so generous and they built such confidence in us because of that. On my father's side, Our grandparents were so generous with us, but in different ways. But they weren't necessarily generous with their words. In fact, I can remember my grandma Tringale, little Italian lady, you know, if somebody was kind of bragging on us as kids when we were with them, my grandma Tringale, being very Italian, would go, all right, all right, that's enough. If you keep saying that to them, they're going to get the big head. She was always concerned we were going to get the big hedge, you know? And so if you got a compliment from Grandma Tringale, you better hold on to it for a while. And it meant a lot. But I'll tell you, being generous with words, it goes a long way in 2022, where people are so quick with their opinion. To be generous with your words, to be generous in conversation, to be generous in mercy and in kindness— If you're discussing a situation, to always reference the other person that's not in the room as if they were in the room. So what is God saying to us through all of these verses right now in Isaiah 54 and even through this invitation to believe him even when we do not understand? I believe this invitation for enlarging is not just to have something more, but also to become something more. In other words, it's an invitation to grow. You know, I understand that God gave us a directive in the book of Genesis when he said, be fruitful, multiply, and take dominion. Again, I mentioned that that taking dominion isn't by imposing, but by influence, but To take dominion, it demands that there be growth. But I want to say to you that before you can ever take dominion, you have to be willing to let go of control. That you're never going to be able to stake your claim and stand in your divine destiny and what God made you to do until you are willing to let go of control. If you're not willing to realize that you really are not in control. And let me tell you, if you haven't figured that out yet by now, just give life a little bit of time and it will prove itself to you. But so many times we spend our time trying to control the relationships in our lives. We're trying to control circumstances, situations, scenarios, jobs that we're in, things we're trying to get off the ground. And we spend so much time trying to establish control, and there's nothing life-giving about it. It's not until we lay that down. I'm not saying that there's not supposed to be order in our lives and in how we conduct ourselves. What I'm saying is that that's never going to come out of your trying to control. Order is meant to be coming out of the fact that you're being led by the Spirit of God because you are a child of God. That that order and owning that place, this 
enlargement that God's wanting you to have is supposed to flow out of something you have become, and that becoming is taking place because you're allowing God, by the leading of His Spirit, to guide you, to lead you, and to grow you. See, it's interesting because Hebrew scholars actually describe when God said in the book of Genesis that on the seventh day He rested. They describe it as sort of by definition, there's a thread going through God's word for resting that paints the picture of standing back to let something see if it's going to fail or not. That our God, the God of the universe, ushers an invitation and then stands back to see if we're going to take it or not. That God is giving you and I the same invitation right now. He's saying, stand back from all these things that you're trying to control. Take your hands off of it and see what will stand. See if it will fail. The truth is, there's probably some things that we've been self-perpetuating and propelling out of our own strength that frankly need to fail. And God is going, I really wasn't in that anyway. You're spending all your time and energy trying to keep these things going, and I'm not in it. And until you stop trying to control things and stand back and let your relationships breathe, let the things that you're doing, let the life that you're building, let your family breathe, how are you ever going to be able to be led by my spirit to see it truly grow anyway? They say that our life with Christ is seemingly an upside-down life in comparison to how things happen in the natural or in the world around us. And it could seem upside down to say, God, I don't understand, but I'm going to believe you and I'm going to do it your way anyway. It absolutely seems upside down to tell a barren woman to sing. It seems upside down to tell a woman who never gave birth to what she was carrying to rejoice. It's upside down to speak to a desolate city and tell it that it's going to thrive again. It's upside down to add on. And God says, I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm issuing you an invitation to believe me anyway, to be led by my spirit anyway, to get in agreement with me anyway, to adjust your attitude and the way you see it so that what you're saying can be different and I can lead you to do some things that are going to cause things to be possible for you that you could never make happen on your own. I'm not asking you to do these things because of what's possible for you. I'm inviting you to do it because nothing is impossible for me. I want to just pray over you as we close out our podcast time together. And I just want to remind you, listener, that whatever you're standing in the midst of right now, he sees the end from the beginning and he's already got your way forward. Whatever season you're in, maybe the season of life makes no sense to you whatsoever. But I hope you'll hear the whisper of the invitation from the lever of your soul saying, come to the table with me. Believe me anyway. Let me lead you and walk you through it. Let me grow you. Let me help you to become. Let me bring you into a fullness that you've never known before. Let's pray. God, I thank you for 
this time in the season that we are in. Lord, thank you for using your word that has never failed. It's never changed. Thank you for bringing us your word to remind us, God, that you are the other half of the equation of the life we're living with you. That it's not about what we can do. It's about what you've already done and who you are helping us and inviting us to become. And I pray, God, your graces and your kindness and your mercies upon our listeners. Show us what it means to truly rest in you, to take our hands off and watch what you can do. We trust you, God, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much for listening. And, oh, I pray that this just speaks to your heart and helps you. I want to invite you to just connect further. Visit my website, gentringale.com. I've got more podcasts available for you. I invite you to join us back here next month. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week, everybody. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.